We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 40 when they ring those golden rap bells. Number 40. <clears throat>
When our days shall know their number, when in death we sweetly slumber, when the King commands the Spirit to be free, nevermore with anguish laden we shall reach that lovely Aden. Do we have that assurance today in our heart, in our mind? And do we know that that, those golden bells of welcome will be able to welcome you and me into that eternal life? And I know we've got the opportunity to know that. I know that Jesus Christ came here to the earth to secure that for each and every one of us. Are we using it as we should today? Do we know that? And are we walking in accordance with how he would have for us to walk and live our life today? Are we using the things that he has entrusted into our hands? Are we using them to his honor and to his glory? Or would it be maybe as we read a lot of last week about how Lot was looking about his own self and looking to see what he could do to glorify his own self and the things that he had instead of glorifying God and living in a way that God would have him to live. There's a lot that we need to have on our mind, friends, but it all goes back to this, putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and letting him be the one that leads us in everything that we do. And that is where that new birth comes in. That if we have that new birth, we have submitted to him and we have asked him and we have received that new spirit, then that spirit is what will direct us from that day forward and we will be living the way that he should. And that new spirit will direct us away from sin in every situation. It will never lead us into sin. It will never lead us into temptation. It will be taking us away. From that. It will be leading us into righteousness. And it will lead us into eternal life. If we'll just put our full faith and trust in that. And walk with him. In everything that we do. So I want to encourage each and every one of us this morning. That we're here. That is here today. And that hears this message. I want to encourage you that we've got that opportunity and we can know him. Each and every one of us has that today. Are we going to use it? Are we going to use the blood of Jesus Christ? Are we going to use the power of God? Are we going to use his love and his mercy for our own individual selves? And then how can we take that and encourage each and every one? He says, comfort one another with these words. Comfort each other. Encourage us, each and every one of us, that there is a way. But he says there is a way that seems right unto man that leads to destruction. And he has, he has told us in numerous occasions throughout this book, is be not deceived. Let no man deceive you, he says. Don't let Satan deceive you. But be constantly begging to have that spiritual wisdom and knowledge so that you are able to discern His truths. Be able to discern the truths of this book, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of God that He has left laid out here for examples for us all. 
to be able to read, to be able to understand, and to be able to see how some of his servants have lived their life and what has taken place in their life as they have gone through these things. And I'm reminded here, and I'd like to just, let's read some this morning a little bit here in Job. like to read some in just the the first chapter or two there and see some of the things that took place in his life there and but what what his mind was and some of the things that was taking place there and God allowed to happen and we may not discourse a lot on it but I want to just read through here so that we can understand and see Some of the things that other people, God left this for us to be able to read. He left it so that we have examples of others. But let's start reading here at the sixth verse of the first chapter. Well, let's just start at the first verse. It tells and explains a lot about who and what Job was and what he had here upon the earth. He says, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Now, I would listen at that. If someone there was writing about you and me today, could they write something like that about us? That this man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. He hated evil. He feared God. He was walking with him and there were... And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was also seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels and five hundred yoke of oxen and five hundred she-asses and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. And I want you to look and think about what was going on there. Look at who this man was. This man was looked upon as one of the greatest men. He says he was the greatest man of the East. He had all this wealth that he had there. We would even look in, in our day and think that that was a tremendous amount of wealth that he had in in the amount of livestock and the things there that he had. And that day it would have been really unusual. But where was his mind? And what was he looking to? Even with his children, I believe that he had taught them and he had raised them to be God-fearing. But his mind was 
even with his children, and I believe with others around him. It said that he constantly, every day, he said, Job sent and sanctified them. I believe that he was there teaching and talking to them, helping them to understand the Word of God. And he rose up early in the morning. Every morning, he says, he did these things and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. That was what was commanded of them to do in those days. And here Job was being obedient to God's commandment. And he was doing this not for his own self, but for others, for his children, his family. Are we that concerned about our children and our family today? Are you that concerned that you want to do everything you can to help them to know about Jesus Christ in our day? And that they are on that right path. It may be that my sons have sinned, he says, and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Now, I don't understand all about what was taking place here, but I do know this, that Satan is there and he has been all the way along. He's been to and fro, up and down in this world, and he's there today, to and fro, and he's walking right among the people of God today. And he will also... Make himself to look like a son of God. And he will be telling you things and quoting you things that will be almost right. But it won't be right. It will be not as Job was being perfect. But here he was and God was communicating here with him. And he says, have you thought about my servant Job? God knew who Job was. God knew what his mind was, that he, has, he was a perfect man, he says, and a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Now that was what God was saying about Job. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for naught? He wanted to mock what God was saying. He says, Why does he fear God? Has thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his, and his substance is increased in the land. Satan just trying to tell him and trying to show him why. That it was not that Job was serving him because he was God, but he was serving him because all the worldly things that he had given him. Now what is it in our lives today? Are we serving God and are we serving Jesus Christ because that we love Him and that we want to be obedient to Him in our day? Or is it because that He might have blessed us naturally here upon the earth? He says to seek Him first. 
And all these other things will be added to us. And I believe that that's what Job was doing here. I believe that Job was seeking wisdom from God. And I believe he was seeking and being obedient to him in all the things and trying to teach others in the same manner. But then, and here was what Satan had to say. And he was just telling the Lord all about these things. Trying to downgrade Job. He says, now put forth thine hand and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. What might take place in you and I today if the things that we had here naturally was taken away from us. Look what he says and let's follow on through. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. All these things I believe were being done to show Satan how wrong he was. To show Satan that he did not have power over Someone who wanted to walk with God, that God would give them power to go through whatever it was that fell up in on their lot. And let's read on and see what all took place and how it happened. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Very, very bad news coming here to Job. When we look over here and all the oxen, he had 500 yoke of oxen, I believe he was. And, and the sheep, all of these things, the asses, all of those things were taken away just immediately all at one time. And his servants, the part of his great household there of servants, was killed. And before, and while he was yet speaking, all of this bad news had come upon him there. And while this man was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the, and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. His sheep there, that he had said there, I believe he had 7,000 sheep and his servants then, was all destroyed, taken away in a moment's time. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped to tell thee. All the camels, three thousand camels, and his servants destroyed, taken away. Just one right after the other. Nothing in between the time, but as one was telling and another came in and was just telling, this man Job, this man that feared God. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, 
Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Think about the news that he had just gotten. I don't know of anything that could have been worse than what the last part of that had been. These were children that he dearly loved. So much that we, what we had read about how he was so concerned about them and their spiritual life. And all the things that he had that they might be able to sustain life and that others might be able to have life. And it's all now destroyed. And his sons and his daughters dead. Think of what. It is just inconceivable almost for us to think about what would take place there. What had taken place. And what did he say? He shaved his head. He rent his mantle. He fell down on the ground and worshipped God. With all of this that happened, he did not forget God. And said... Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That took a perfect man. That took one with fear of God and with knowledge. And a love. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. I want you to think about that this morning. Think about in our lives what little things come up quite often. Some little something that goes against our flesh. And how that we can become so upset about something. And how we can start trying to figure out and to blame somebody else for why this is happening. Or why did this happen to me? I want to read that again. And I want us to just think back about what just happened. He had lost all of his natural wealth. He had lost all of his children. And he fell down on the ground and worshipped God instead of asking all these questions. And what did he say then? Naked came I out of my mother's womb. When I came here upon the earth, I had nothing. And I was not assured of anything naturally here upon the earth. And he says, naked will I return. 
He will leave everything here upon the earth. There was nothing that God had given him that was not temporary and that he would leave it. And he understood that. And I, yes, I believe that he used those things here while he was up on the earth. And he had been using them to the honor and glory of God. And training his young people, I believe. I will return, naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. That's the mind that each and every one of us need to have. And you know something? We have way better opportunity and way more power to be able to accomplish this and to do this than what Job did in that day. Job didn't have the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within him. He had a knowledge and understanding about God. But you and I can have that Spirit of the Holy Ghost within us today that will give us power over Satan and will give us power to do these things much easier, I would say, than what Job did. Now look upon and see how he was able to accomplish that because of his love for God. Because he was obedient. And because he knew that God had given him all these things. And he says, God can take it away. And blessed be his name. I just want us to think about... Is that the way we would handle the situation today in our lives? We have been blessed so tremendously. And yes, there are people here, every one of us that is here today has probably seen something in our life that we have felt like that was extremely important to us that has been taken away. Every single one of us probably in here has had that. Some have has had things... Different from others even. But to know that the power of God is there. That we can have that same mind just like what Job had. And we can overcome Satan. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present them before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, though thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause? Here. The Lord was just bringing these things and reminding Satan still about Job. And I believe that this is just something here that all righteous people 
could accomplish these things. Job accomplished it in him. But I believe that all people who have the righteousness that God would put into it, and God imputed this into him because of his faith and his love there. And that, and today, we can have that Spirit of the Holy Ghost within us, and we can be righteous with that. And I know that, that each and every one of us can be in that same condition, and Satan has no power over us, even though all manner of things be brought against you to try you. You can come out victorious. Christ said there, that, or in the Scriptures there, it speaks that there is nothing that will be able to come upon you but what there is a way for you to escape it. And that is what I believe that Job understood that all the way back in his day. And I know that that is facts for us today. That there is nothing that can come upon us, but what there will be a way for us to escape it. Now, it may not be the way we feel like that we should go through it, or that we ought to come out of it on the other side. I would say that if Job would have had his will to be done in all this, that this wouldn't have happened. That was not his what he wanted to happen. But he was reconciled to it. And he understood that God's given me this. And it is his to take it away also. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Here again, Satan. Trying to be very arrogant. And trying to just tell the Lord about what man was. The Lord knew all about Job. And he was going to strengthen him. He was going to give him all that he needed to go through this. And he understood who Job was. But put forth now thy hand now. And touch his bone and his flesh. And he will curse thee to thy face. Here, Satan being very avid. He thought, man, I'm going to really be able to show you, God, who you think this man is. I'll show you. And he'll be looking at you and I today doing the same things. And he'll be bringing temptations upon us. Trying to get us to falter. And to go back to that house we came out of. But let's have the mind just as this man did. Fall down upon the ground when these things come. And worship. Worship who? God. Put it into His hands. Because I know that it is way too big for me. It's way too big for you. This was way too big for for Job. And he knew it. He understood it. And that's why... He did one thing. He just arose when this happened and he rent his mantle. That was the things that took place in those days. And he shaved his head and he fell down to the ground and worshipped instead of reviling out upon God. He worshipped Him. Put forth now thy hand and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. 
And the Lord said unto him, unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. You can go tempt him, Satan, but you can't take his life. But you can go tempt him with troubles in the flesh. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore balls from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself with all. And he sat down among the ashes. Consider and think about what was taking place here. That Satan then had put these sores upon him, boils. And I'm sure a lot of you, some of you may have never had anything like that, a ball, but just one or two small boils upon you can break great discomfort. And it is extremely sore to the touch. And here this man had boils from the sole of his feet to the top of his crown. His whole body covered in this type thing. The whole body. There would have been no way of being comforted in any way. The pain and the agony would have been tremendous. Again, we can't even conceive of what he was going through. This man, Job. He didn't cry out to God, why is this happening to me? He just went and sat down among the ashes in a very low and a meek and humble way. That was what they would do, go put on sackcloth and ashes in those days when they were in terrible sorrow. But he didn't even, I don't believe, even put anything. He just sat down in the ashes. Now listen carefully what took place. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. You to think about what took place and listen at what happened there. His very closest friend, his wife, the one that was at one with him, they were twain, they were married, they had children. She looked upon him with great pity. All that had been taken away. And she said, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Do you, are you still in the integrity of God? How can you do this is the way I believe it she was looking. How can you still believe in God with all this that is being done to you, Job? And we have absolutely nothing that would even compare 
close to what has happened here. Yes, there's been, as I said, we've all had some of these things happen to us. But nothing close to what Job had. And he kept his integrity. He kept his love. He kept his fear of God. Even when his wife was telling him, curse God and die. And that's what Satan was saying. Satan, that's what Satan wanted to happen. That's what he said would happen. If you go back and remember there we just read, he said, if you will touch his flesh, if you will take him and put him in a very bad condition in his flesh, that something is wrong with his body, he will curse you to your face. But that didn't happen. He remained and he retained his integrity. And and all of this did not Job sin with his lips. I want you to just think about what a mighty man this was. But God was giving him the strength to be able to do that. Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speak. Anybody ever telling you to turn back, to go back, that is a foolish word. Anybody ever giving you or teaching you, trying to teach you something different from the gospel of Jesus Christ would be one speaking as the foolish. What? He just asked. He wanted them to. He says, think about it. He says, what? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? Is that all that you think that God would bring upon us is to just give us good here upon the earth and us not be tried with anything else? What shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? Shall there not temptations and trials come come upon us also? He He had integrity about him. He had knowledge and understanding about God. And he understood all about what was taking place, I believe. He didn't understand why. But he understood that God would bring him through this. And he did. God brought him through it. He went through several days, several maybe weeks there. He had three friends that came to him. We can continue on reading that. And they saw and they wept. And they sat there on the ground with him for seven days and did not speak even to him for seven days. That would not have been very encouraging to someone, would it? For your friend to come to encourage you, but sit there and not say a word to you for seven days. For they saw that his grief was very great. Comfort one another with these words. 
The words of Jesus Christ. The words of salvation. And Job there, he says, after this, Job opened his mouth. And few of the things that he had to say. And he cursed his day. He didn't curse God. He cursed his day. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night which it was said, There, there is a man child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God, God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let the cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined into the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Let let that night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Let them curse it that curse the day who are ready to raise up their morning. Let the stars of the twilight there be dark. Let it look for light. But have none, neither let it see the dawning of the day, but because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hid sorrow from mine eyes. Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why did the knees prevent me? And why the breast that I should suck? For now I should have laid still and been quiet. I should have slept. Then I had been at rest. He just brought these things. He was just thinking about all the things there. Why the Lord allow these things to happen? And he said, cursed be the day that I was born. But he never cursed God. He was just looking upon these things. And we can go all the way on back. You can read, there's many, uh, several chapters here about him, about what took place there. Of all the things that happened. And let's read, go over to that 42nd verse, 42nd chapter, and see what took place in the very end. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that thou has, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me which I knew not. Here I beseech thee and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of my ear, but now mine eyes seeth thee. He had gone through all of these things and he and his friends had had talked. And now he was able to see and understand more. He says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of my ear, but now mine eyes seeth thee wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes he said he had abhorred his self and he wanted to put his trust in God 
and look to Him, not in man, not in Himself, and trying to see how good He was. But He wanted, He could see God now. And He wanted to put His trust in that. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Elzeus, Elias, and the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends. For you have not spoken of me the things that is right, as my servant Job had. Therefore, take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly, in that you have not spoken of me the things which is right, like my servant Job. And here, and you go back and you read through those things, and they had a lot to say to Job and to tell him. And here God was just bringing it now to their attention that you did not speak the things that you should have. To encourage my friend, my, my servant, he says there, that in that you have not spoken of me the things which is right like my servant Job. Now are we speaking and teaching the things right today as Job did and as others? Are we teaching and preaching the things right today as Paul, Peter, John, all of the others there that we can have that is written here in this book that we should be living like and obeying the gospel and teaching the word that God would have for us to, to teach so Eliphaz, the Temite, and Bildad, the Shumite, and Zophar, the Nemathite, went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job because he came through these things. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. When he prayed for his friends, also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold, encouraging him to go on, giving him some of the things of this world so that he would have to start back there after he had lost all that he had. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep. I believe he only had 7,000 before. He had twice that he had. And 6,000 camels. I believe there was 3,000 camels. And now he has six. And 1,000 yoke of oxen. There was 500 yoke of oxen. And now he has 1,000. And 1,000 she-asses. He also... Had seven, he, he had also seven sons and three daughters, what he had before. 
And he called the name of the first Geminiah, and the name of the second Kenziah, the name of the third Corinthians. And in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. Look at what God was doing now to this man. And look how he had cast Satan down. How he had destroyed all that Satan had brought upon this man. And how he had, Satan had taken it all away. But Job had integrity. Job did not curse God. Job went through it with the patience of Job that we hear so much about. And encouraging others. And that's what I want to do today. Is for us to see this servant of God, what he had gone through. And let's remember that we can overcome. And we've talked a lot about overcoming here recently. And what Christ has told His people of how that we can overcome. And what He says, He that overcomes, I will give that robe of white. He that overcomes, I will not blot out His name out of the book of life. He that overcomes, I will write His name upon that white stone. He that overcomes shall have life eternal. Now this is what it's all about. This is what Job was able to do. He overcame. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even four generations, So Job died being old and full of days. Job died being old and full of days, and I believe full of righteousness with God. And I want us to think about what took place there and see. It would be difficult for any of us to even conceive about what in our minds of what he went through. But I know today that the saving power of Jesus Christ, and I know that the power of God is there for each and every one of us. And it does not matter what is brought upon us. There is a way for us to escape. There is a way for us to see Victory in Jesus Christ and to be at one with Him and to see victory. Let's turn over into the New Testament. I've turned here to the Acts, right at the end of the Acts. 
And I will read some there about this was another servant of God and what all he had been going through and all the things that had taken place, Paul. How that he started out as a Pharisee and he says he was zealous and he says that he was above his equals, how he, how he was so ardent in that. But then he was smitten down on that road down to Damascus. And God showed him what he wanted him to do. And God let him see that he was fighting against Jesus Christ. And he took up his cross. And he followed God and Jesus from that day forward. He said from that day forward he did not confer with flesh and blood. But he listened to the Spirit. And this is some of the last part of his journey here upon the earth. And we can go back and we read of all the things that he did. And now he had been sent there to Rome as a prisoner. But they got there, and we'll start reading the 13th verse of the 28th chapter of Acts. And from thence we fetched a compass, and we came to Regilium. And after one day, the south wind blew, and we came the next day to Pluta. There we found brethren, and were desired to tarry with them seven days and so we went toward Rome and from thence when the brethren heard of us they came to meet us as far as Philippi Forum and the three and the three taverns whom when Paul saw he thanked God and took courage Paul saw brothers he saw people here in this town Paul I don't believe he had ever been to Rome but someone had, there had been others there that, and had taught there. And here was brothers, people, coming to meet him, believers. And he thanked God and he took courage. Paul knew that he was going, he was a prisoner there and he was going there to be brought before the authorities. Because they had told that he had committed crimes. That he might be even put to death. But Paul took courage and he thanked God for bringing him there. And when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. Here again, look what God was doing. God was giving this man, his servant, preferential treatment. Others were committed there to the soldiers, to the captain of the guard, into the prison, I guess. But Paul was permitted to be able to keep, to be kept somewhere by himself with just a soldier there with him. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, Though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, 
Yet I was delivered prisoner from Jerusalem unto the hands of the Romans, who when they had examined me would not would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. The Romans would have let him go. They did not see anything. But the Jews kept pressing the thing that Paul had broken their law. And Paul, seeing that they would have killed him there, he says, I appeal unto Caesar. And he said, unto Caesar you shall go. But something that I'm reminded of there in his testimony there to Agrippa and to Festus, I believe it was. And how he testified of all about what God had done to him and for him. And what God would do for others there. And why he was teaching and preaching Jesus Christ and him resurrected out of the tomb. There before the king. And one of them cried out, Paul, you are mad, much learning has made you mad. And Paul just looked there and he said, I believe it was Agrippa that was the one that was telling him that. But he said, I have, I am not mad. But I'm just preaching the truth. Preaching Jesus Christ. And he says, I wish that all men, you, all of you that are here today, were as I am almost like I am, except these chains. He says, I wish that you had the knowledge and understanding that I have. I am not mad. But he says, I wish you had that same knowledge and that you were just as I am except these chains that I am bound with. He says, I don't wish that you were that way. And that is what I want each and every one of us today to understand who this man was. And that he was bound there. But his mind was that he wanted all men to have that knowledge that he had. And my mind here today is for all of us to be able to have that knowledge that Paul had. That knowledge that Jesus Christ will give so freely to each and every one of us that ask. I want us to have that knowledge and to be at one with him. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I had aught to accuse my nation of. For this cause therefore have I called you, to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. For the hope of Israel, for the hope that the Jews and the Gentiles, whoever might know about Jesus Christ, and know that He is resurrected from the dead. He says that is because for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. We have never had anything like that in our life. Because of us preaching and teaching and 
helping others, being bound and put into prison. But Paul had, he says, and it's no more than my hope that you can have eternal life. Am I bound with this chain? And they said unto him, We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. Something had gone on them. Here, God had intervened again, I believe, and all of these things, these charges of Paul that had brought against him, they didn't even know anything about it, the Jews didn't there in Rome. But we desire to hear thee what thou thinkest. Now they're beginning to say, no, we want to hear you. We want to know what you think. For as concerning this sect, for concerning the people, that, concerning what you're talking about, this Jesus Christ, we know everywhere that it is spoken against. And there was, there was Jews and people speaking against the Word. In that day, there is people speaking against the Word and against the Gospel in our day. Let's be sure that it is not in our heart, in our mind, any way, shape, or form. But let's be sure that we are walking upright with God the Father and Jesus Christ. And that we understand and our hope is in knowing Him. That we can have hope. And we can be at one. And when they had appointed Him a day, there came many to Him unto His lodging, to whom He expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. Now here, now they, they appointed Him a day. And they said, we want to hear about that. Have we come out today with that kind of a mind that I want to hear and know about Jesus Christ? I want Him in my life. I want to be as Paul and have hope. And I want to be able to encourage others in it. Is that why we are here? Paul then, whom he expounded, and testified the kingdom of God. That's what he taught them. Persuading and concerning Jesus both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till, till evening. Paul understood. And these people there knew about the law of Moses and they knew about the prophets. Now Paul was there to tell them all about how the Jesus Christ had been prophesied and how that the Messiah was coming and that it was Jesus Christ that was hung on the cross and that was resurrected back to life that was the Messiah. And by believing upon Him that He is the Son of God and that He can forgive us our sins, we can have eternal life. And some believe the things which were spoken and some believed not. And that is no different than what it is today. There is even right here in, in this building today, some that believes the things that are spoken, and some do not put it all in. Some have not believed. Some have not accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Even hearing... The Word that is preached and taught. 
And some believe the things which are spoken, and some believe not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go into this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall hear and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Listen to what Paul said. What was taking place there? Paul saw that and he saw that there were some that believed and some that didn't. Are we all walking in accordance with Him today? I know that yes, there is some that is walking in upright and moving up. And there are some that need to move up. And that is with all of us. Every one of us need to move up and put our foot... But have, are we believing? Some believe the things which were spoken. Have we believed the things that have been spoken here to us over the period of years? And some believed not and went their way. And they agreed not among themselves. And we have seen these things happen. They departed after that Paul spoke one word. And listen to what Paul, he, he just spoke the truth, the gospel. Well spake, and he just told about what Isaiah had to say that would take place about this very tight person. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go into this people and say, and go unto you today and to say, Hear ye, hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. Go unto this people and say, Now I'm speaking to everyone that is here today, and I'm speaking to me also. Let's be careful, let's listen to this, so that we make sure that we are not a part of that. Hearing you shall hear and shall not understand. We've heard the word. Do we understand it? Do you understand it today? Seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. You have heard. You have been able to see His work. You have been able to see others doing His work and read about others doing His work. Do you perceive that He is the King? That He is God, Jesus Christ? For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Now is that taking place in some of us today? Your heart of this people is waxed gross. Do you have other things coming in and weeding or pushing out, choking out the Word of God? Are there tares coming up around that good plant and choking it out? 
He says, your ears are dull of hearing. Are you tired of hearing the same word? You know, we look around and I, th- I think about something, and Paul used athletics and things sometimes in his things, if I talked about winning a race and things. And I can think about this, about athletics and how people will go out and they'll practice the same thing over and over and over and over and over so that they get good at it. And we ought to hear His Word and never our ears get dull of hearing His Word. It doesn't matter how many times we hear His Word. Don't let it, don't become dull of hearing it. Take it. Use it. So that you're just like that athlete. And you get good at that because you're constantly going over it. Get good at knowing the Word of God and living the Word of God. Because you have it written in your mind and in your heart that He has promised that He would do for you. And just remember there, lest they should see with their eyes. And I want us to now just take that less out. Let's say that they should see with their eyes. That's what I want each and every one of us to say this morning. Let's see with our eyes and hear with our ears and understand with our heart and be converted and be healed by the Spirit and by the power of God. That's what I want us to have this morning. Let's take that Scripture to heart. And let's let that be within us. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and they that they will hear it. Now here you Jews have got it. He's been preaching to him. He said it's been sent to the Gentiles and they will hear it. There has been many that have heard it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. The Jews went away. They departed. What are we going to do today? We've come out here to hear His Word. To be encouraged. To be chastened, rebuked, whatever it might be. Are we going to reason among ourselves today? Reason the Word of God reason the gospel of Jesus Christ among yourselves. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. I'm going to read that last verse again. And I want us to think about it. What Paul did. Paul said he he was able to live for two years in his own hired house there. He was not in prison. But he was there in his own hired house for two years. And he received all that came unto him. He was there teaching and preaching. 
preaching the kingdom of God. That was what God had asked him to do. God had sent him to Rome to preach the kingdom of God. Teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Teaching the things to others that they may understand how they can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's what he was doing. And how was he doing it? With all confidence. No man forbidding him. All confidence. He had been arrested. He had been put in prison. He had suffered shipwreck. He had been on an island there. He had finally got to Rome. And then he was able to live there in his own hired house for two years. Preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. With confidence. And I want you to think about. This was probably. Had been probably somewhere in the range of about 30 or 35 years. That Paul had been preaching. Since the day that he was cast down. Going down to Damascus. Had probably been somewhere in that range of 30, 35 years. That he had been constantly preaching and teaching and going about. Teaching the Gentiles. And now he was here teaching the Jews, trying to get them to see and understand. And it offended them greatly when he told them that the Gentiles was receiving these things. And God, that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles. And they, and that they will hear it. And I know that that Salvation is being sent to each and every one of us today, friends. Every single one of us here today, we are being, it is being preached to us with confidence that it is the truths of God. Let's accept it. And let's be at one with Him. And let's see victory. Encourage one another with these words. That we can have hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 158. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Trusting in Him. Number 158.
Are we truly trusting Him today? I was just thinking how His servants have proved Him o'er and o'er. Look at what we've read about today and how His servants proved God the Father and Jesus Christ within Him. All the way along, people have had their trust and faith in God and proved the power that He has to offer to them. Let's prove it in our life. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank You for all that You have done for mankind. We thank You for the wonderful examples that have been left for us to be able to read and to discourse on. We thank You for Your love and mercy. God, help us all to flee to You to repent of our sins and to have ears to hear and eyes to see that we're able to understand Your Word and to live in accordance with You. God, we thank You for the encouragements. We thank You for the rebukes. We thank You for all that You've done for us. And we ask You to be with everyone that is struggling today to help them to just put it all into Your hands. God, we understand that Your power is there for us all. And we ask that each and every one that has a desire that comes to You will be able to receive of that new spirit, that new birth, and have hope of eternal life. We ask these things all in Jesus' name. Amen.